weekend, everyone. This week has been brutal for me, but it's over. So with that, I'd like to welcome you all to Bravo and Blaze with Jenny Blaze. We're going to be recapping all the Bravo shows that have been aired this week. And just as a disclaimer, I'd like to remind everyone that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This is not your source for world news and hard facts, meaning we don't have a team of people fact-checking. This is a one-woman show. Literally, if you just happen to stumble across this episode and are wondering where else you can listen or watch, Bravo and Blaze is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribing, following, liking, and leaving a five-star review are the best ways to support us here at Bravo and Blaze. And it's completely free. Free 99. Also, don't forget our social media handle is at Bravo and Blaze on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And as you may know, BravoandBlaze.com has all sorts of fun Bravo-inspired merch and products from all your favorite shows. We even have Hans, other women, well, men, singular, who looks like Karen Huger on a mug. Um, But I also wanted to mention, I know last week I said that Patreon was live. It, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. Bear with me and try again this week because we are getting the first Patreon episode up before Thanksgiving, no if and or butts and it's going to be all about bravo con behind the scenes the things that i can't share on this platform but um also what i would like to do and this is not going to happen in the next week but in the upcoming weeks i would like to also do a youtube video of a review of vanderpump opery i went there with the reality ashley you can find her on instagram and tiktok and i want to tell you guys all about it but also um i know she's a little bit shy i think it would be great to have her on to you know give the review with me but um we'll see i'm gonna try to get her on (laughs) and then also we still have james kennedy's show in vegas from jewel nightclub on november 4th that was saturday the second day of bravo con i put up a couple little short clips on um social media but i'm hoping to be able to walk through maybe like a short vlog of james kennedy's show and hopefully when things calm down i can have some guests for you all like i mentioned the reality ashley i'd love to have her on but i want to know from you guys who do you want on as a guest i am kind of trying to stay away from interviewing bravo lebs right now just because it's like it's a headache it really is. I don't want to live that life. I'm not trying to get tea. This show is not about spilling tea, although I may have tea from time to time. I just don't, I'm not a spill tea or tea spilling podcast or account. Um, but you never know. We might have some things. I have to like, I'm trying to get used to figuring out like what things I need to keep to myself, what thing, I mean, I know a lot of things that I keep to myself already, but also like, I still want to share things with you guys. So I just need to figure out like a good, um, balance, (laughs) but, uh, what else on Monday I went live with up and Adam. I was not aware of the chaos that's been going on in the creator world, but, um, apparently Adam had interviewed Lenny, Lisa Hochstein's Lenny's mistress, and the trailer dropped, um, I think, on the Monday after BravoCon, and because of the comments, I guess um, he decided not to release it, the interview, but then the mistress, Katarina, or whatever, I don't know how to say her name, but she um, released it anyways. And I'm confused on how she got it, but just, it's a mess. I don't know. I, I try not to get like in, I don't want to be in the fighting or the drama. I'm just an observer taking notes. 
analyzing. And that's why here on Bravo and Blaze, I assume that if you're listening, that you've already watched the shows. This is just like an extension of, you know, continuing the conversation after the shows, because I have a lot to talk about. And I'm, I know you guys too, do too. So that's what we're here for. Um, so sorry if there's any spoilers, just that's the nature of this podcast. So <laughs> putting that out there. Also this week, I am hosting a Wella giveaway. Go to Instagram to enter. I just have to say, okay, I actually almost went, today would have been day five if I didn't wash my hair, but I was like, I could have done it, honestly, but I'm like, you know what, if I can't bathe once, like fully bathe, I mean, I bathe every day, but like, if I can't give myself a full bath, not bath, not like Meredith Mark style, but if I can't do a full shower at least once every five days. And like, am I a human being? Like, this is not okay. So although I probably could have done my hair one more day, I just, for my own sanity, needed to take a full shower. But go check that. Check out my um, Instagram giveaway because even my daughter, my daughter has used like half the bottle of my shampoo. And I'm kind of annoyed about it because... I don't know if she's like just using it because she knows that I like it or like if she actually like, you know how kids are, but she's like, no, mom, I really love it. Her hair is like three times thicker than mine. Her hair holds a better curl than mine. And I can honestly say that my curls have been like way better than normal since using these products. So, all right, enough about that. Let me move on one more. One more thing I want to mention before we go on to our 420 news. I am wearing the same dress by Rioria that I wore um, during BravoCon. If you saw the pictures of me during BravoCon, I'm wearing like a Bravo and Blaze red dress every day, full length, um, super comfortable. And I just had different necklines. The first day was like a short sleeve with a crew neck. The second day was a turtleneck with long sleeves. And then the third day was sleeveless with the crew neck. And then there's even like a scoop neck. And um, this one, this is a long sleeve crew neck. And I loved my dresses so, so much that I wanted to get more. And I definitely wanted to get this neckline. And I normally wear black, so... Um, I did that, but also I am wearing my shapewear underneath too that I posted before BravoCon. I was like, oh my gosh, am I really about to buy like $200 worth of shapewear? And I did. I didn't use all of it, but um, it was clutch, clutch. It's like, I hate bras and I know this isn't about me. We're already like getting into this a lot, but <laughs> I, and I'm sorry for the men out there who are listening, but maybe you can relate too. I don't know, but I hate my breasts and not be, I don't hate them because they are like hideous. Like they actually look really good, especially considering my age and how many pregnancies I've had, but they're just, they've always been since I was 12 years old, too big for me. Like running is a problem, anything involving jumping, any, like, it's just, if you are part of the big boob club, you know, it's a struggle every single day. And as much as I know, everyone's like, oh, I would die to have big boobs, whatever, like, then try it. Okay. Because I don't, it's like having a dependent, you have to care for these in a way that is just so annoying. Sorry, I'm complaining so much, but apparently complaining is part of my whole personality, according to my teenager. Um, so I am looking forward to getting consultation on a reduction soon. And if I can do that, the only problem that I'm worried about is like the recovery because I have small children and like allegedly if you get a breast reduction, I guess the recovery is kind of rough and you can't like lift your arms at all for like six weeks or something. I don't know. I got to get a consultation, but if I do end up getting it, I'm definitely going to document that for you guys. 
don't worry, I won't scare you with like crazy pictures because that stuff grosses me out. Okay, I need to move on. Anyways, if you, I'm going to drop a link to all the Rioria dresses and shapewear in the um, episode description. And because of my Amazon affiliate, I earn commission off of any purchases you make for 24 hours after you click on the link to my Amazon store. So, okay, let's move on. 420 news. Big 420 news this week, actually. Snoop Dogg has announced that he's quit weed. After much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time, Snoop Dogg. Okay, that was yesterday. And then not much longer after that, he posted another picture, just a picture of his face, and it said, respect my privacy arm emoji. Is this a prey emoji? Because I heard it's a high five, but whatever. Um, I don't know if this is like a publicity stunt or anything, but like, I still love Snoop, regardless of his smoking. I, I don't know why he needed to make an announcement unless like maybe he stopped smoking and like too many people were asking him or something, but I think it's fine for people to not smoke. <laughs> like, I know it's like part of his brand, but he's been smoking a lot for many, many years and I think it's recommended to take like tolerance breaks every now and then. But I did think about, you know, like I was just thinking to myself, man, if he really did quit, I want to know how he's feeling. I kind of want him to replace social media or sorry, replace weed with social media, meaning instead of him smoking all the time, I would like him to go on and just be like I'm smoking right now. Pretty annoyed. Like, I just want to get the raw, you know, like, I want the footage. Give me the live footage, Snoop. Give us what we want. I'll pay 99 cents or whatever. <laughs> okay, let's move on, though, to Bravo news, quote unquote news. So last week, actually, this week has been my first full week at home since BravoCon, and it really hit me hard this week especially last weekend i had the BravoCon, like post BravoCon blues so hard and i'm like i guess i'll go back and watch all of the BravoCon streaming for three days as if i wasn't there the whole time but um i started to do that and then i was like this feels very sad so <laughs> i moved on to selling sunset and I wasn't really paying attention, honestly. Like, I kind of was just in a funk. And I had it playing in the background. I think the most notable thing to me throughout that binge, if you want to call it that, is that Manza was wearing a basketball, a real basketball, as a purse. And I just, like, at this point, some of these looks are just too insane. I get it. It's very, like, high fashion and runway, whatever. But, like... It needs to at least be functional. We cannot be walking around carrying a basketball as a purse when literally it's not a purse and it's just basketball and you're not playing basketball. It makes no sense. But I also tried to watch some comedy to make myself feel better. And one of the main things I found from watching that was that Jeff Dunham looks a lot like Thomas Ravenel. And I even did a poll on it and it actually divided us all in half. Half of us were like, yes, totally, right? And the other half said no. Like they look so alike. I don't know. Anyways, I want to go back to BravoCon for a second. Not to mention BravoCon, but I'm going to mention BravoCon. I saw, I was not even thinking about Bethany. I haven't been thinking about Bethany at all for a long time. And then I am scrolling through Instagram. I think it was by wig. Hello drama posted Bethany on her podcast talking about BravoCon. And like, 
critiquing Andy saying like, oh, compared to this year, he did this. And last year he did that. And people said this, like, oh my God. As soon as I heard her talking about BravoCon, I almost lost my mind. It's like, no, she is not. Like, keep BravoCon out of your mouth. Why is she talking about BravoCon? Then I started like going down this fan fiction spiral. I'm like, oh my God, did she go to BravoCon? Because I'm like, was she even there? How did she know? Did she watch it? Oh my God, what if she went in disguise and was like amongst amongst us? <laughs> One of us. And I'm just picturing, picturing her like in disguise. She's got sunglasses on, a hat. Huge, huge purse for sure. Um, with snacks and like probably is like eating with the snacks close to her mouth and like maybe taking notes or on her phone, like leaving voice memos for herself. Like, oh, I just saw this. So um, I'm starting that rumor that Bethany was there in disguise. Just like, I don't get it. Why is she doing this? When I, I can't, can't go down that hole. Okay. Another thing I saw this week that I thought was interesting or that stopped me in my tracks was Alex Baskin was on the podcast at Bravo launch, which I guess is a paid podcast. I think it's $3.99 a month. I haven't gone and signed up for it yet, but there's like so much there to unpack. Number one, I didn't, did anyone know that Bravo was launching a podcast? <laughs> Did they announce that and I missed it? Like I wasn't expecting that. Although I think they should have done that a long time ago before all of our podcasts start popping up. I bet you if they started that podcast, like when they stopped the housewife blogs, I bet you a lot of Bravo podcasts wouldn't have even started. It would have, I think the landscape would have been completely different. So now that they've come in after the fact, it just feels like, I think what they're trying to do is obviously control the narrative more. Um, if you guys recall last year, was it a year ago? It wasn't even a year ago. It was earlier this year in 2023. I interviewed Margaret Josephs from New Jersey and, um, just from like my experience, what I, what I felt at least is that Bravo wanted to stop these outside podcasts interviewing Bravo Lebs, or maybe they're coming up with a set of new rules, like not during the season when it's airing or not during filming. I don't know. I don't know the rules, but, um, I'd like to know the rules, obviously, um, but I also think there may not be any hard rules and that's why they're trying, they're having this podcast now so that they can just make it part of the Bravo Lebs like contracts. Maybe I need to talk to someone about that. We need a guest who can speak to that side of it more because I I'm very interested in that. But also the thing that I thought was like so crazy. I'm like, why Alex, Baskin does this not does this man not have enough on his plate he's CEO of 32 flavors entertainment a media company he's the executive producer of four Bravo shows Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Real Housewives of OC Vanderpump Rules and I forgot the fourth one <laughs> but I just like was like baffled kind of I'm like what because as a podcast host myself and it's different for me because I'm an independent pod podcast host but I'm just like picturing Alex Baskin in like an important meeting right well is any are any of these meetings important but um I guess that's subjective but let's say it's an important meeting for his company. And he's like, oh, you know what, guys? Sorry, I can't do projections and forecasts on revenue because I have to go interview 
Kyle Richards and ask her about her marriage. Like that just seems so weird to me. And um, also just like the nature of this role as a podcast host, like there's a lot of scrambling. There's a lot of last minute, like what's happening. So I can't picture it. And then, so I'm just like laughing and like talking to other people about this. I'm like, what do you guys think about this? Doesn't it feel crazy? And someone did mention, they're like, maybe it was just like a one-time thing. They're going to rotate. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But that would make more sense to me, I guess. But still like, okay. Um, So that's happening. Um, Other Bravo quote unquote news. um, The Vanderpump Rules season 11 is set to premiere in January and people are already talking about it. Someone even commented on Instagram that, you know, everyone's going to hate Ariana next season and be on Tom's side or something. And I'm like, what? That's not going to happen. Like if I saw that anywhere, I'd be like, whatever. But Ariana responded to that comment and said, like, I wouldn't be surprised or something like that. And I'm like, not a chance in hell. I just don't see how that could happen. I even started coming up with scenarios like, okay, maybe if like she killed Charlotte and set up Tom and like maybe her and Kristen have been in on this nine year revenge plan this whole time. Can you imagine? Oh my God. That I actually wouldn't hate Ariana if that was the case. I mean, Killing a dog is absolutely not okay. Like, that's awful, obviously. But I'm just like, and I don't think anyone killed a dog, but I just can't imagine any scenario where people would be like, oh, we hate Ariana. Like, I want petty Ariana. I want to see scenes of them in the house together, just passing each other and her like flipping him off. Like just out of nowhere, just flipping him off or like, I don't know, his shoes are in the way, like aren't where they're supposed to be or something. She just like kicks them or something like I want to see petty Ariana. And I feel like even if she like wiped her ass on his pillow, I don't even think I would care. Like, I don't know if anyone would care. I think we, I feel like no laughing. I'm sorry. Is that mean? But I'm just a human. Okay. This is human nature. Anyways, it, we're way far into this. We got to move on to our recaps. Um, okay. So today we'll be going through all the newest shows that have aired on Bravo for the week. We got Real Housewives of Potomac, Marriage Medicine, Below Deck Med, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Winter House, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Miami. Southern Charm, and an honorable mention to Special Forces for Tom Sandoval. Oh, one thing that happened with Tom Sandoval this week, I mean, not he wasn't involved, but he posted something about JoJo Siwa, and I commented, am I inciting violence? All I wrote was, I have been incredibly impressed with JoJo Siwa on this show, and I did, like, clapping emojis, because that's true. And Also, I feel like a lot of people put a lot of weight into who follows who on social media. And that is like, for me at least, like completely irrelevant and insignificant because I will, I follow Tom Sandoval and I haven't put his, most people, like if I don't enjoy following them anymore, I won't unfollow, I'll just mute. Um, but I didn't mute his yet because, you know, like I'm going to follow his, follow his story. <laughs> so, I mean, Scandal is huge. Um, yeah. So like, I don't know. I feel like I want to make peace for myself. So commenting a neutral comment on his post felt like maybe we can move forward. <laughs> I hope you guys know I'm like, mostly joke like everything is not serious okay whatever all right let's move on real housewives of potomac 
Episode eight, season two, home sweet drama. The episode description is, as Robin discusses her intervention with Juan, Karen meets with Mia to discuss their fractured relationship. Ashley throws a housewarming party and invites her new friend, Ineka. It soon turns out Ineka and Wendy may be more familiar with each other than anyone knew. Um, okay, so the biggest thing that has been bothering me with Potomac is Robin and Juan. They, I don't understand why they're still on the show. Can we be done with them? I, this is like, it's painful to watch. Like, Robin not only is like choosing to believe this BS that Juan feeds her, but on top of it, she's like, like doubling down with him. I would just tell him like, just shut up. Like, just stop talking. Just, if you're going to pretend that, like, you're not doing anything wrong, then just disappear. Don't be on camera. This is embarrassing. Like, shoo, shoo. But instead, he's on our screens yelling at her, I don't care. Okay, women, anyone, men, thems, whoever. If you're in any, any, if you're in any relationship, with someone and you express to them that something bothers you, something is impacting you in any, in, in a way, any kind of way. And that person dismisses your feelings. They don't care about you. In fact, they are abusing you. That is abuse for you, for someone to say, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about your actions. Like, they hurt me in this way. And that person dismisses you, refuses to validate your hurt, your pain. That person does not give a shit about you. And that person, in fact, is not even a nice person or a cordial, cordial person. Like, you don't want to be around that person. If your feelings can be disregarded like that, no, cut it out, move on. Don't let those people stay in your life. <sighs> Anyways, moving on. Oh, another thing with Robin and Juan. I almost feel like they should have been fired for doing a reverse reality reckoning. Meaning, don't forget, they're being paid to be on this show to share their lives. And last season, Robin fooled us all intentionally withheld information that would have contributed to her storyline and put the truth behind a paywall on her Patreon, which if she wants to do that, fine. You want to like, I'm not going to hate the game or hate the player, hate the game, whatever. But if that's the case, then what's going to stop any other housewives or any Bravo loves from doing that in the future? And I would say from Bravo's standpoint, I would be like, you took advantage. <laughs> That's what the reality reckoning is, right? You, uh, what is it? Exploitation without compens compensation. That's what Bethany says. And I feel like that's what Robin and Juan did. And it's not setting a good example for future Bravo loves. But anyways, I don't have that much to talk about as far as Potomac goes. Other than I am here for Wendy and Anika, it's not that I, not because there's drama between them. I want to see them be more of a united front and show like two strong females not getting pit against each other, but actually uniting and showing like, look at our culture, look where we come from and we're badasses and we support one another and you know, I don't like this, you don't support other women type of attitude. And I don't know if it's coming directly from Wendy and Inyeka, or am I saying that wrong? Inyeka? Um, But there is, I don't know, not drama. There's a, there is a little bit of dirt. There's some history there. I'll say history. It's not dirt. There's history there when it comes to this Osu um did they say tribe i don't want to use the wrong word like the wrong verbiage verbiage 
shoot, now I'm spiraling. Okay. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I do, I am fascinated by this ancient historical drama. <laughs> and I feel like this is an opportunity for Wendy and Ineka to educate all of us. Like, give us a lesson. I want to hear where does this stem from? What is the beef? And what do we need to know as outsiders about your culture so that we can better understand everything that's going on? And I'm excited for that. Like, I want to, I want to hear about it. So, and it's wild to me that we're like, it may not be as big of a deal as I think in my head, but in my head, I'm like, holy crap, this is like generational drama. <laughs> I need to know this tea. But anyways, okay, let's move on. Married to Medicine, season 10, episode two, heard it through the grapevine. The episode description is Toya and Dr. Eugene give their sons a sex education talk that they'll never forget. Dr. Jackie meets with her very pregnant patient, hip hop legend, the brat. It's the brat, ta ta ta. Phaedra grows suspicious of Sweet Tea's motives for marrying Dr. G. Sweet Tea's wedding planning stress reaches a boiling point. Toya kicks off her new business with a wine tasting night for the ladies. But will they ever accept her as more than just a housewife? So I want to give big ups to Toya for this episode. One, not only did she demonstrate great parenting, I thought that, okay, like I was nervous. I'll be honest. I never got a sex talk. Did I? I don't think I ever got a sex talk. So everything I learned was like through a book. Or like through magazines, because, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. And just personal experiences, right? But the way, and like, I don't know how men were taught. Like, I only know the the female version, right? Like, the remember they would like split us up in like seventh grade and like girls watch a video and boys watch a different video. Like, we need to see everything. Oh, I don't know. I just felt like Toya was very honest and like was able to talk to her boys at their level and just be honest and open in a way that hopefully they can be comfortable speaking to either of their parents about in the future. And I think it was good that like they didn't, I don't, I don't know how the real conversation went down, but I think it was good that they like, they, touched on some things that people don't normally talk about, but they also like didn't go too hard. I don't know. I felt like it was a good balance. So very proud of Toya, but not only that, not only did Toya show that she is really great at parenting, she also showed her business, her wine business. And in that moment, I felt so proud of her. Because I'll be honest, and I haven't watched Married to Medicine from the very beginning, but from what I have seen in the last few seasons, like I do notice that, and with all due respect to the doctors on the cast, like much respect for them, but they do put Toya down a lot for being a housewife and only a housewife. And I have had a very significant career, very... um I would say a pretty badass career, but I also have been a housewife or stay home mom, not housewife, stay home mom. And both were extremely, extremely hard. And I see how I, I now see how even I look down at being a stay at home mom at one point until I actually became one. And then I was like, oh, snap. This is harder than anything. <laughs> so I just, I feel for Toya in that way where like, you could tell in her confessional with Eugene, she seemed to get like, like, I think it affected her. She, they were talking about how like, you know, they always kind of make fun of me for just being a housewife and I want to show that I can like, you know, 
do other things. And it kind of like broke my heart. And I, I just, I really like Toya. <laughs> She's amazing. I'm like a hardcore Toya fangirl right now, but I'm going to move on. Um, there's other things that happened in the, in this episode. I can't go into everything because we don't have that much time, enough time, but this show is so good guys. Oh, one thing I do want to talk about is the brat. First of all, one, I was like shocked to even see the, the brat being pregnant. And then on top of it, I didn't realize she's 48 years old and like I said, I'm a mom and I've had kids when I was, I think my oldest is, I had her when I was like 27 maybe. And then my youngest, I was 38 and I know the difference. Like there's a huge difference between what I went through, just like my body and everything. And I cannot imagine Debrat at 48 going through pregnancy and she's so funny and I've always loved her. And I just feel like she needs her own show right now. We need to see the brat go through the pregnancy because she's funny and I, I just love her. But anyways, okay, let's move on. Below Deck Med, season eight, episode eight, who needs frenemies? So the episode description is the bosun causes confusion when he shifts his romantic focus as the chef gives in to temptation. The charter guests continue the festivities with the crew after the charter ends. An argument between the crew could be the one that ends friendships. So I just, I don't know. I keep saying this. This season is boring to me. I don't even, I have some comments, but I'm like bored even reading my notes. Um, I did do a poll about Natalia and her boyfriend. I asked, does anyone else like think Natalia's boyfriend sucks? 95% of you agree. He sucks and I'm disgusted by him. Like, I'm sorry. I don't, I feel like bad about it. I don't know why I feel bad. Maybe because he, like, I'm trying to be cool about like, like being open to modern relationships and like open relationships or whatever, but fuck that. Excuse my language, but fuck that. This guy is a POS. I think he is He's just playing her. I want, I need to know who this guy is. I'm actually really mad at him. But at the same time, I don't love that Natalia is like actually going along with it. On the other hand, I understand like, ugh, guys can manipulate real bad. I'm not going to sit here and say like, I haven't been manipulated by a man. <laughs> so I feel for her, but at the same time, I'm like, it's just so aggravating. And then, like, I kind of loved, because you guys know that Luke and I are basically a thing now. Just kidding. But after his top five and things that he looks for in a woman, he basically wants to marry me. I don't know if you guys heard. Um, but I kind of loved how he saw Natalia, you know, like, chatting with her boyfriend or whatever. And he's kind of backed off. So, and he said he didn't hook up with anyone at BravoCon. So who knows? Maybe like the most he got with anyone was with me. I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, delusion is part of my brand. In addition to complaining and being somewhat narcissistic. Although I did interview Dr. Z, who's an expert on narcissistic, narcissistic abuse. And she said, I'm not a narcissist. But somehow I feel like I still am. <laughs> Delusion. All right, let's move on. Oh, long-winded. That's another one I'm trying to get rid of because even I find it to be annoying. Um, But the end of Below Deck Med, I was confused about Kyle. Like he starts going off about Max saying that he's in the LGBTQIA plus community. And he's like, you are not in the community. You are an ally or whatever. And that triggered something in me. And I like Kyle. This is like, I'm not going against Kyle right now. But if y'all were following me on Instagram during Scandal, you may have seen that I was attacked by a group of women. 
at one point. So this woman, she posted a picture of her with Schwartz and said hard launch with like hearts or whatever. And then another picture of them holding hands. And it was like, like insinuating that they were in a relationship and people started, she had a public profile too. So obviously people start seeing this and like lots of people started sending it to me and I was like covering Scandal. So I went to go post it and I'm like, before I posted it in my head for a split second, I was like, wait, should I like cover her face and her handle? And I was like, wait, she has a public profile. This is a very public person and public scandal right now. She clearly, in my mind, I was like, she wants this to be reposted and get attention. I truly thought I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll, you know, like she'll be happy. And like, I'm like always trying to like do stuff to make people happy, but she was not. And I didn't know this. And like tons of things were going on that day. I guess like her friends were messaging me saying like, she's gay, she's gay. And I'm like, okay, like, what does that mean? Like, I guess in their mind, they're like, they took me reposting that as an attack on her. And which I still don't see how it's an attack on her, but they started saying like, report her. And then they started, me- they said, um, this girl sent me a message and said, you are attacking or something along the lines of like me attacking the lesbian community because, cause that girl's a lesbian. I'm like, how am I supposed to know she's a lesbian? And also why would you post that then? You posted yourself with a man. She's like, lesbians always have a hard time trying to explain that they're lesbians because people don't believe it. And I'm like, okay, I I don't know this stuff. And like, I just posted this because you posted on a public profile and I'm clearly covering Scandal. If you look at my page. So I'm like, did they bait me? Like, cause then they started telling people to report me and I was reported and that caused actually economic impact on me because it took away a lot of my functionality on Instagram for like two weeks or maybe even a month. And I'm like, this is bullshit because I, and like lesson learned, I will never, I will never ever repost someone's stuff unless they ask me to, I guess. But like my intention in doing that was never like, I'm going to out this lesbian. Like, what? So I was triggered by Kyle saying like, you're not an LGBTQIA plus or whatever. That also bothered me because the people who attacked me assumed my sexuality. They were calling me straight. And I'm like, how do you know I'm straight? Why are you putting a label on me? You don't even know me. I never put a label on them. Is this a hate crime? Like a group of lesbians attacked me, baited and attacked me, and then said I'm straight without knowing my sexuality. That feels like a hate crime. Like, how is that not a hate crime? Like they attacked me. They shouldn't have posted that picture to begin with if they didn't want it out there. And granted, like I said, I take full responsibility. I should have never reposted it even though that's how that's literally what social media is for you're they give you that functionality to repost things that you publicly post so if you don't want it circulated don't post it <laughs> but i just felt like i was very wronged in that situation cuz they're like you're it's like basically saying that i'm against lesbians or something i'm like how do you know i'm not a lesbian what if I'm bi? Okay, I'm going to move on because obviously I'm too heated about this one. So yeah, that, I didn't love that Kyle was like saying, you're an ally, you're an ally. Like, why can't Max be part of the LGBTQIA plus? I thought the whole part, the reason why LGBT even started was to promote being inclusive regardless of your sexuality. So I'm a little confused there. 
Anyways, moving on to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 4, Episode 10. Mormons get a bad rap. In a surprising turn of events, Lisa feels betrayed by Angie and embraced by Heather. Monica and her mom agree to move forward. Meredith opens up about her marriage on her podcast with Seth. Heather hosts a reading for her book and searches for community while leaning on her family and old friends. Um, in the Bravo News, by the way, not part of this show, there was a post that went up where Mary Cosby's son is seen with a bunch of like drugs and things like that and saying like, I don't know, whatever. I My first thought was like, oh, snap. I didn't like wouldn't have even thought about that. And then I was like, wait, maybe that's why he didn't know if he was married or not. And like, I thought that was funny. Someone on Instagram responded to my comment and said, do you feel good about yourself making this comment? This is a kid. Embarrassing for an adult, to be honest. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Like, what I said is actually a valid question because now knowing that he was on, he's doing a lot of drugs, maybe that explains why he didn't know if he was married. If you go back, I don't know what episode it was, but Mary asked, are you married? And he said, I don't know. And I couldn't get over that. Cause I'm like, how do you not know if you're married? And then this explains it, but whoever commented back, I don't know if they're trolling or if they're being serious, but Robert Jr. is 20 years old and married. Everyone is somebody's kid. And I was just, I didn't even say anything mean. People are like so edgy this week, or maybe I am. I don't know what it is. Something in the water. I'm just like, I keep, I feel like I keep getting attacked this week. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, okay, I need to move on. Oh, a couple of notes about Salt Lake City. One, I really love the scene with Meredith talking about her post-snub. This was a moment where I felt Meredith's passion and conviction was fully warranted and I like got her because there's been other times where she's like don't go there don't cover my bath and I'm like whoa what's going on and that always seemed like kind of like overboard but this time I'm like wow I actually feel like I can relate to Meredith and I feel for her and I like stand behind her 100% so that was interesting um, because in the beginning of Salt Lake City, I like really did not like Meredith, but I've like totally done a 180. I love Meredith now. Um, Monica and her mom are like, they need to have their own show. And I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's Housewives. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's, her mom is so wacky. The way, like the pigtails, bringing the car back and like Monica saying like, you can walk back home. I don't think she lives that far. So it didn't seem like that big of a deal, but I just, that whole thing seems so weird to me. I just, I didn't want my parents to be on the name of my car ever. So I can't imagine being like a full grown adult and having your mom be like, on the loan for your car, whatever it is. It's just something weird there, but um, still love Lisa Barlow. I know not everyone does, but I do. I love watching when she's, when she's a, like becomes unhinged a little bit. I, I still love her. I think it's awesome. Hilarious, entertaining. All right. Winter House season three, episode four. Same name, no game. The episode description is an afternoon of good, clean, fun turns dirty when it's revealed to Corey that Casey has been talking trash about his sort of kind of girlfriend, Sam. After a rough battle with the norovirus, Amanda finally feels or finally makes her way to the house. Tom struggles with making a move on a love interest with the same name as his ex-wife. Brian brings a piece of India to Colorado by hosting a Bollywood night. One very notable thing from this episode is Tom Schwartz got run over by a horse when he was 10. So I feel like that explains a lot. 
Um, and I really love that Corey stood up for Sam. I still, if you listen to my last episode, you guys know my experience with Corey. So not like his biggest fan, but I love Sam. And so to see him, you know, finally stick up for her made me feel better about him and her, like their relationship. Um, and I was nervous about how this was going to make me feel about Sam and Casey because I like them both. Sam, I feel like the same. Nothing has changed. She's not trash. Love her. Um, Casey, I still like her. Like, she apologized. She said it was very wrong that she, you know, repeated that Sam was trash or whatever. So I still like Casey. And I think it was interesting that she admitted to being like catty and that, like that mean girl, like high school thing that she must have, you know, learned from boarding school, which is always interesting when people go to boarding school. Um, so I'm definitely interested in seeing more of Casey. And I'm very happy that Riley is finally there because I just want her to verbally assault all the men in the house. <laughs> I love when Riley is like that. Like she does not put up with the mansplaining, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm here for it. Go Riley. Although one of her BravoCon outfits was kind of crazy, but still, I still like her. Also, on Watch What Happens Live, we saw Danielle on, and apparently Joe Bradley was there in the audience, and they may be dating now? I don't know why. That just, like, really shocked me, and I did a poll asking if anyone else was surprised. I think two-thirds agreed that they were surprised, and I think, like, I wanted to know, when I have reactions that are shocking, I like to know why it's so shocking to me so I start digging and I'm like you know why I think it's shocking to me because I look at Joe Bradley as like a son I don't have a son but and I don't know his exact age but I feel like he's closer in age to my stepdaughter than he is to me so I could never look at him in like a sexual way or like romantic way I feel like it just feels weird for me so and the reason why it was shocking is because I think Danielle is like, like She's maybe a couple years younger than me. So I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad as I'm making it seem. But for me, I was just like taken aback for a second. And I was like, oh, but, you know, whatever. If they're dating, cool. They're both cute. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 13, episode four, Elevator. The women recover after a meltdown in Las Vegas, but Erica's elevator call out of Sutton leaves everyone floored. Dorit and Garcelle want Kyle to put her cards on the table about her marriage. The women celebrate Crystal's birthday with a bull riding bonanza at a country bar. Back in Beverly Hills, Kyle's friendly checkup on Sutton ends with major accusations. I just want to say one of my biggest regrets at BravoCon is not going to Magic Mike because it looks amazing. And Davis does aerial dancing, aerial work. Or what, I don't know how you call it. I want to see that because I used to study or train, used to train on aerial silks back when I lived in Chicago. Like not, I never like, did shows or anything but it was a hobby of mine I freaking loved it that's when I was in the best shape of my life maybe someday I'll get back there probably not but we'll see anyways um another thing that came up about Beverly Hills uh in Dumas there was a blind saying that there's going to be a reboot of Beverly Hills and I think that's that has mixed thoughts we don't know if this is true it's a blind item but if it is, I think I might be here for it because I just feel like Kyle's always been like the main character, but I don't feel entertained by her. Like, I feel like 
it's I don't know. Beverly Hills is one of my least favorite franchises because of its toxic community fandom. But also, I just think it's kind of boring. I don't know why everyone loves it so much. And Sutton is unhinged. I don't understand Sutton's fandom. Like, she is a little wacky. But, I mean, I'm not mad at her for it. If I had 300 grand a month in spousal support, I might be wacky too. I wouldn't give a shit about anything. But another thing that came out, shout out to the reality bitch who posted a clip from a podcast. I can't recall right now off the top of my head, but some guy from F boy Island claims that he had a threesome with two Beverly Hills housewives and afterwards he jumped on he went outside and was like jumping on this woman's trampoline with her kid which is weird and the husband came home and so she introduced him as like being in real estate or something and i guess the husband contacted him asked to meet him had like some guy in a suit or something with him and said to him if you ever come near my wife or kids I will get rid of you or something like that and I don't know if this is true but this guy who told this story I just don't like him at all I don't know anything about him but the just I hated everything about him the way he told the story how he was just so like ugh, I I just ugh. so I don't I'm gonna say I don't believe that one. And if you want to claim this is true, you better name them. Name them. Name them. Sir. Okay, let's move on. Real Housewives of Miami, season six, episode three, Loose Lips. Gertie confides in Larsa that she has cancer. But Larsa repeats the news to her guests at Marcus's welcome home party, which he was only gone for five days. Uh, Nicole decides to have another baby. Julia takes opera lessons to surprise Martina, but upsets, upsets her wife in the process. These two crack me up, Martina and Julia. And Julia's... <laughs> I don't ever like to comment on people singing like this, but I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> it was... It was rough, but I love Julia. Like, and especially like, obviously her intention is amazing, but I have to talk about this other thing that came out in like TMZ and page six. Larsa is mad at Julia right now for having Marcus take pictures of Julia on his phone during, oh God. <laughs> And Christian Grace Snow had the funniest post about it about this because he put it was the scene of Kelly Ben Simone and Alex McCord on the beach and <laughs> Marcus and Julia Bravo God like basically having a photo shoot and I'm just dying because I need to know how that went down like step by step. <laughs> But also, I got a selfie with Marcus, and I know, like, I took it, so I'm pretty sure I'm safe from Lars. <laughs> Not that she would care anyways, but, or would she? I doubt it. But it was just so funny because Marcus Jordan was one of the nicest guys that I met at Bravo. <laughs> and I didn't get any creep vibes from him whatsoever. Also, Julia's married and a lesbian. Like, the way Larsa is ridiculous just drags me up. But also, it was pretty foul of her to go and tell everyone about Gertie. And um, go back to my Instagram lives from BravoCon. I have a video. So I was in VIP on day one. And Kiki and Gertie had walked walked in. Kiki walked in first, and I love Kiki. So I ran up to Kiki to talk to her, get a picture with her. 
And while I was getting a picture with her, Gertie walked in and people started like clapping for Gertie and she started crying. And like, I literally, like, I want to cry right now just thinking about it. We're so happy for Gertie and her family that she's, you know, gotten through this. All right. Southern Charm, season nine, episode 10 of Royal Reckoning. When Patricia suffers a back injury, Whitney is forced to host the annual gentleman's dinner solo. But no amount of pomp and circumstance can distract from Austin and Chef's icy detente. What's that mean? Craig once again questions the timeline of Austin and Taylor's dalliance. Who speaks like this? I gotta look up these words. <laughs> so in this episode, we see Craig wanting to marry Paige, obviously, and Paige is like, <sighs> and I kind of like don't blame her. So Paige is originally from my hometown. Like she lives very, her parents live really close to my house. And um, I lived in the city before she lives in the city. And I just feel like from watching her on the show, I don't think she would ever want to move to Charleston. <laughs> I know I, I don't think I would. I would maybe like maybe a second home or something, but not like, like this is where I live all the time. <laughs> but I think it's hilarious that Schlepp is like, oh, I can convince her to move down here. Schlepp, you're not convincing anyone of anything. Let's be honest here. Like, who does he think he is? He thinks Craig can't convince her, so he'll be able to convince her? What world is Shep living in? Anyways, weird stuff going on with Taylor and JT. I think, obviously, JT is, like, in love with Taylor. Like, I just want them all to branch out a little bit because it's too incestual. Um, this dinner was just so obnoxious. I hated it. I think I never wanted Thomas Ravenel to enter and start insulting every single guest more in my life. Like, I would have loved it if he just walked in and started going down the line because I hated that dinner. What I did love, though, was Vanita and Madison and their lunch where they both look amazing, as always. And I love how Madison is in, like, her casual, chill look. And Vanita's like, I just got back from New York Fashion Week. And she looked amazing. I was like, oh, my God, that dress. It was stunning. And I just love watching the girls thrive. Especially when like you see the juxtaposition of the men at their stupid dinner and like they couldn't even like Whitney's like I don't know like you clearly can't function without females idiots god I can't stand them and I cannot stand when Whitney has a confessional because he's the executive producer he is the cause of all of this disgusting behavior why is he interviewing himself anyways um, let me talk about Special Forces, season two, episode six, survival. The recruits face the most dangerous task yet, a helicopter survival drill. Okay, so let me tell you guys quick what happens. So they get strapped into the buckle of a helicopter, which gets submerged into icy cold water, where they have to not only hold their breath, it but in very cold water, and on top of it. The part that I was like really hung up on was them opening their eyes. Like I can open my eyes underwater and like not have it. Like I could do that, but I wear contacts. So I don't open my eyes underwater when I have contacts in obviously, but like what, what would I have done in that situation? If I was doing that task, I wouldn't be able to open my eyes. I wouldn't be able to see unless maybe they gave me goggles. If they gave goggles, would they? I doubt it. They wouldn't even let Jack Osborne take a poop before hand-to-hand -hand com combat. So I don't think they'd be like, oh, yes, let's get goggles for Miss Fancy Pants. I'm not even sketching pants, but 
<laughs> pretty fingers. Let's get goggles for pretty fingers. I don't even have pretty fingers. Um, yeah, so that would be a hell no for me. I would have definitely withdrawn. That challenge is so nuts, but they also have to wait until they're told like, okay, now you can get out of your seatbelt and get your life jacket and swim to the top. And Jojo Siwa, when she gets up, she's <laughs> like, these people are close to death. And it's so scary. And then not only that, the other task they had. So this is the part that was like, kind of like screwing with my mind. I'm like, I don't feel right watching this. So the next task they have one of the staff in like padding and everything in like a circle. Right. And, um, the main guy with his British accent, he's like, he's crouching down with them. I think they may have had bags on their heads first, which is a whole other thing. I can't even handle that. But he's like crouching down with them and he's like whispering to them. He's like, all right, listen. And he's like kind of hyping them up. He's like, I'm going to say, go. You need to go. You, you can. He's like, look at me. You cannot stop. You keep going. Ugh, dig deep. And it like pumps them up. This is all like psychological shit going on okay and they're like okay like they don't even know what they're about to do and he's like when i say go you need to attack and and i'm just like oh my god and so he like runs with them he's like all right you ready let's go and like gets them all hyped my i'm like starting to sweat just thinking about it i can't imagine if i was in their shoes and i got this drill sergeant guy yet like sternly speaking to me i'd be like i'll do whatever you say like, I probably would be a really good soldier, actually, because I'm very disciplined and I, like, am afraid of authority, but, um, which is bad in a psychological way sometimes, because that's when you get these weird sociological experiments where you're like, how did we get a million people to do something completely absurd? You know, like, that's the kind of stuff that I find fascinating. But anyway, so they, they run them in. And they are supposed to just run towards the staff and attack. And it was scary. I felt like it was very Hunger Games-like. And I just, that feeling <laughs> makes me want to panic. Like, I would probably have a panic attack if I was in the military and had to go, like, into combat or whatever. Like, I'd be done. My psychological fear would have debilitated me and I would have been useless. So don't ever send me out in the battlefield. Um, and next week looks even worse. So maybe that's why I'm like, maybe Tom Sandoval is slowly regaining my respect because of special forces. Who would have thought still do not believe I will ever be mad at Ariana though. So we're running out of time and I want to remind you all to make sure you check out Patreon if you want more behind the scenes of BravoCon content. I promise it'll be up before Thanksgiving. So if you're traveling, if you're, I don't know what you guys are doing for Thanksgiving, but I don't really have big Thanksgiving plans. So I'm probably going to work. So I'm going to get content out for you guys. And just as a reminder, Subscribing, reviewing, sharing, liking, and or leaving a five-star rating is incredibly appreciated and helps the show to continue to grow. Thank you so much for joining. Stay lit, fam.